Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 101. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. Today, we have with us a realtor and real estate investor from the Laguna Beach, Newport Beach area. And I'm really excited to have him share some of his valuable life stories, lessons, and experiences to help you guys in your real estate investing pursuits. So with that, welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Murray. Thank you, Holly. Thanks so much for giving us some of your valuable time to share your experiences, hopefully some great ones and maybe things you've seen other people make mistakes with to help us in our path. So why don't you start by giving us kind of your background and how you got into real estate and some of that. Well, I, um, I got my life, I went to real estate school in 1985, but I didn't get my license. I didn't know if I could at that time. I had an old broken down Volkswagen and I wasn't, uh, I didn't think I could compete in that level uh, where I lived in Newport Beach. So I used that knowledge to buy and sell houses for myself. And then in 2004, I got my license. So let's talk about that just a little bit. So people that don't know the Newport Beach area, because we do have listeners from all over the world. And I'm not kidding about that. Well, I haven't checked to see if there's any downloads in Antarctica, but all the continents, there's people listening to this. So just so they know, Newport Beach, California is a very affluent area. And you're probably thinking you would feel not um, on other clients' levels if you're trying to buy and sell real estate to them in a Volkswagen bug. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Correct. And it's still, you know, a super nice high-end area. And hey, I hear you. I feel you. I felt, you know, compelled in my area in Dana Point to get a Lexus. So I drive my clients around in a pretty nice little Lexus so that I can definitely compete there. But hey, when it comes to investing and buying and selling homes for yourself, it probably doesn't matter that you have a nice car. In fact, it's probably to your advantage not to, right? Correct. Yeah, because you don't want to be like too flashy with um, making yourself look too rich because then your sellers you're purchasing from or anyone might think they want to, you know, get more money out of you, right? Right. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us about um, your adventures? And so you started out as doing deals for yourself or deals for others. How did that work out? Started out doing deals for myself and I would buy small distressed properties, fix them up, sell them and do that over and over again. And then um, I took a little leave from that market starting in 2009. And um, it's just back, it's, it's great to be back. I, I love real estate. Good. And now all I'm doing is representing others that want to invest in property, uh, especially development property. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you um, tell us about some of your early days? Did you use your own money or other people's money or how did you start like way back in the beginning? In the very beginning, um, my first couple of deals, I bought them on FHA with 3% down. Nice. And that makes it really easy to get in. I'm not sure a lot of people realize that they can buy a house with 3% down. And I know there's some other programs that are very similar um, that can allow a buyer to get in in that same type of fashion. 
So I did that. And then after you do your first couple, then you've got some cash to work with, or maybe you refinance your primary residence and pull out a home equity line of credit, which gives you the leverage to do things like that. Great ideas. Yeah, FHA is a great program, especially if you want to buy two, three, or four units, because FHA will lend on up to that. So you could buy two, three, or four units, live in one, and yet you still get this awesome 3% down loan in on the whole package, which is great. So yeah, that's really awesome. Not to mention when you buy two, three, or four, all your money is not in one. And if you're going to try to do a long-term hold and you've got to rent it out and all your money is in one, if you get a vacancy, you have no income source. So if you've got a fourplex, you've got other units bringing income in to keep you safe. Yeah, very, very well said. Very well thought out there. Well, um, should we talk about some of your development experience and some development deals? You want to share some of that with us? Sure. That's what I'm working on now. And where I'm at, there's a lot of money in the market, a lot, looking for development opportunities. For example, one deal that we recently did, um, the investor purchased the property for a million six. He scraped it to the ground. He's putting about a million one into a brand new home in an area called Lido Island. And we plan on coming on the market for $3.7 million, uh, at the end of June. And wow. that's the typical type of deal that I'm working on right now. Or purchasing an old teardown on an R2 lot and building two condos for about a million two. And our land cost is about $2 million, And we're exiting at about $4.2 million for both units combined. Nice. Nice. So what city is that one in? Uh, Corona Del Mar. Oh, yeah. So Newport Beach area again for people yes. that don't know. Yes. Uh, these numbers are so high for most of the country. They're like, what? Millions of dollars. But hey, you still look at the percentages and you still shoot for the same percentages, probably whether you're buying a house for 10000 or 50000 or a couple million, you're still looking at percent and analyzing your deal in that way. Holly, can I tell you about when it came across my desk last week? Of course. It's a pocket listing in the office, and um, the seller is willing to take $12 million for the house, knowing it's a teardown. And whoever buys it is going to tear it to the ground, put about $4 million into a real house, and we've got comps in between 20 and $27 million. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, those numbers just blow my mind. I've yeah. never had anyone on the show playing in that um, <laughs> arena. So <laughs> that's pretty amazing. So I can't wait to hear how that one comes out. Hopefully it comes out good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about um, your most interesting deal, too. The one about the, I think you did something with the AITD. And tell us right. about that whole thing and how it worked out. Back in 2008, we all remember the great market back then, and things were crashing. And I was able to purchase a property using an AITD wrap, which meant I worked with the seller who was underwater. They couldn't sell it, and they were facing foreclosure. And they didn't want a foreclosure on their records. And I had just moved to this area, and 
I could either rent a home, not knowing how much more room the market had to bottom out, or I could buy something. But I didn't want to put a lot of money into it. So I purchased it from them with $20,000 of option money that they used to bring the payments current since they were behind. That gave me seven years for the deal to refinance the home into my name only. We did the title, so I was protected that way. We set up a bank account that had me and the current seller on it. I deposited the money into the bank account on the 28th of each month. And on the first of each month, we had an ACH, which took the money out for the mortgage payment. So it looked like the existing seller was still on the bank account. So it didn't look like they had sold to anybody and anybody else was making the payment. So the loan was not called due. Does that make sense? Yes, very clever. And that is awesome how you set that all up. I've also heard that there's escrow companies that will handle the same type of transaction for 10 or 15 bucks a month. So if you guys are thinking about doing one, you know, you listeners, you can look for an escrow company to do that. And why don't you tell our listeners what AITD means? It stands for All Inclusive Trust Deed. And basically, it's a way for a buyer to purchase a property assuming an existing mortgage, which existing mortgages are typically not assumable. Right. So it's a private deal worked out between buyer and seller where the original loan is left in place. And one of the benefits to doing it is you could move into a home and you could rent it for $2,000 a month. Or you could take over the existing mortgage at $3,000 a month. But if you take over the existing mortgage and you negotiate the right to claim the tax deduction on the money you spent on interest, you are actually owning the property, paying the same as if you were renting it. Now that's using your money. Yes, yes, very well done. <laughs> Love it. So how did that... Um deal or story end for you? I only stayed in the home approximately two years after that. And then we moved back to Orange County. And when we did, I sold the house using an AITD wrap. So basically the entire time that I was in the house, I got the mortgage deduction. And when I sold, I recouped all of my money. So I got in and got out and it never cost me a penny. And I owned for the time I was there. Sweet. Love that. And I Very good. I assigned my rights to the original lease option or AITD wrap to the new buyers. Okay. Well done. And then the seller had no issue with that. I mean, obviously you were performing, so they were probably not fearful about, you know, continuing with that because it was all working out great. Right. Right. Because they could either work with me to find a win-win solution for all parties involved or they could lose the property in foreclosure. And working together in a win-win is the lesser of all evils. Okay, I love that. Great story, really gets the creative juices flowing for people so they can think about what's possible. Why don't you tell us about um, the fix and flip that um, you did in Big Bear? 
Uh, I've done a lot of them in Big Bear. One I did was right down by the base of the ski resort at Bear Mountain. And I purchased the property, and I think it was 2004 we bought it. And it came with the vacant lot next door. So we purchased it. We're in escrow to close and come to find out there was an issue on title. And the lady who owned the house, her husband was on title and he was in prison. And so title and the other agent said, well, we can't close because he won't sign. So we need to let the escrow fall apart. And I said, no, it's okay. I'll just stay here. Sooner or later, something's going to happen. It might take 30 years, but I've only got $10,000 in escrow. I'm not going anywhere. And I stayed in escrow. Finally, she had to work out her situation with her husband where he got what he wanted to be willing to let her sell. I closed escrow on it. We had this vacation home. It was great. We remodeled it. Then when it came time to sell it, I sold the primary home that we were in, made enough money to recoup all our costs and cut profit, and I got to keep the vacant lot next door for free. Awesome. That's so great. Sounds like a um, story out of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. I know there was a story in there about land and lots and splitting things. So you're just like classic textbook example. That's awesome. Well, if you ever get an opportunity to look at a deal where there's an additional APNs uh, involved, look at it. You never know if the person selling doesn't realize the value of what they have. That's awesome. And it's interesting you say that because it didn't really have value to them. You know, they don't, it doesn't, they're like, well, I don't really have a use for that. I don't know what that is. I don't care. Just take it off my hands. I don't want to pay the property tax. There's plenty of people that may not see, appreciate, or even value land like maybe you would or my husband, the, the land lover would. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. So why don't you tell us um, if you would about um, maybe a mistake or mistakes that you see investors potentially make, what causes them to make mistakes? Why don't you talk about that? A mistake. Okay. Um, I have done other deals in other vacation areas. And I remember once back in years ago, I bought an income property with two units in the mountains up in Big Bear. And I allowed the um, management company to tell me these great stories about the revenues that would come in, not realizing it can be very seasonal up there. And some of the projections they have are just that, projections. And they don't always come through, especially when there's economic dips. So I would be very leery if I were an investor looking at buying land or units without really understanding the economics of the market, the cash flow requirements, and the risk factors. If you know, and there's a, there's a big difference, Holly, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a big difference between risk and calculated risk. Oh, yes. Risk is when you close your eyes, you get emotional about a transaction, and you do it calculated risk is where you look at the numbers, you analyze it, 
How much is it going to cost me a month? How much cash do I have set aside just for carrying costs? And you think through it without the emotion. And that's what I would coach others to do. Yeah, and I always think it's helpful if it's not just you by yourself. If you have a friend, a buddy, a peer that would be that second set of eyes or a mentor if you're brand new, because it's so easy to get your judgment clouded by emotion. You either want to do your first deal or this big deal or the pretty house deal or whatever. So it's definitely important to do it by the numbers and real numbers, not just projected numbers or hopeful numbers. Definitely. Yes, and one caveat on what you just said. You said a friend or a buddy. If you're going to pick a friend or a buddy to look at your deal, make sure that friend and or buddy has done deals. Yes, yes. And you also caveat, I want to caveat on what you said with a mentor. A mentor is a great thing. And I think everybody starting out in this business should have one because you can make a lot of money. It's a great time in real estate as long as you know what you're doing. Okay. Yep. Well said. Yes. Choose your friends, buddies, and mentors wisely. I've been very fortunate to have lots of local investor friends and my husband and I balance each other out really well when we're looking at things together, but it's a tough thing to do alone and to trust yourself. So find somebody who's experienced and that you trust to help you. Definitely. Well, why don't we, now that we've said that, why don't we talk about our free download of the week that you have put together for us? Why don't you tell us about your deal analysis worksheet um, that we're sharing out as a Google sheet so you guys can download it and use it and use the calculations in it. So tell us about that. I actually received this from a client that I was working with. And the client told me that if I wanted to represent them, that I had to use this. And at first I didn't completely understand it, but as time went on, I realized what a great tool it is. And what it allows you to do, it allows you to fill in the areas in yellow. And if you fill in the areas in yellow, it auto-populates all the other areas. And it will tell you exactly what your profit is. It'll show you what your costs are. You know, you fill in your purchase price, your rehab cost, and your exit price, and it tells you what your profit is. If you are doing a deal in one year, and it's gonna take you one year to buy, fix, and sell, and you're making 20% profit, then you're gonna look at it and say, wow, I'm making 20% profit. But if you stretch it out to 18 months or 24 months, it auto-calculates your return on investment to the appropriate number. And it's just a valuable tool you can use to make sure you're not biting off more than you can chew because that's where the investors get into trouble typically. Outstanding. And by the other token, if you can do a quick fix and flip, which you can't usually do in Corona Del Mar or on Lido Island, but you know, every once in a while, I, I'm going to say I get lucky because of course we always want our quick cosmetic fix and flips to be four months, but it's kind of a miracle if we get in and out in four to five months with no hiccups. So it probably... You know, when you're looking at return on investment, if you get four months, if you turn your money three times a year, your 10% ROI would actually be 30% because you would, you know, put adjust that to a 12 month period. So it can go both ways. It can hurt you when it takes long and it can help you when you go fast, but definitely you always want to look at that annualized return. So listeners, you want to go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 101. We are episode number 101. 
to get that free download. And um, if you get my weekly emails about our podcast, you'll have your link to download that at no problem. But go ahead and download it at hardhatholly.com forward slash 101. You can also text me to the number 38470. That's 38470. You're going to text hard hat with no spaces, like all one word. And you're just going to text that to me, and we'll send you a link to this download as well as our past downloads. So with that, Jeff, as we wrap up, why don't you give some advice to people who are new into real estate investing or maybe just thinking about it or maybe new and maybe getting a little discouraged. What's some advice and encouragement you would have for them? Advice or encouragement. Um, There's so much knowledge available today on the internet that it's amazing. When, when I started, this didn't exist. So I got to learn the hard way through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Well, now anybody can go online and learn anything on any micro topic or micro market they want in hours. And so my advice would be do that. Know, know how much money you have to work with before you start spending money or looking at property. Identify the area that you think works best for you and learn it. Because one of the hard things that I see in this industry is people see a great deal, but they're not sure of themselves. They're not sure of the market. They're not sure of how much cash they have. And they spend so much time thinking about it that they miss it because the deals don't sit and wait in this market. They go very fast. And if you are prepared, you are ready. And if you're not, you're not. And it's when you're not and you make a decision, you get in trouble or you miss the deal if you're not on top of it. Yeah, well said. That's great advice. And I just like to add that it's important to take action. So study and learn and take, even if your action is just that you're getting educated, take some action, move forward. Make sure you're doing something every day to move forward in your investing efforts and you'll eventually get there. So, well, with that, thank you so much for being on our show today, Jeff. We really appreciate you sharing your stories about all these exotic California places, Lido Island, Big Bear, Corona Del Mar. It's a fun market to be in, that's for sure. But thank you so much for your time today and for sharing with our listeners. And listeners, get out there and take some action. Don't be afraid. Push forward. Find someone that can help you if you're not sure what to do. So, Jeff, tell people how they can get in touch with you. They can reach me at the office at 949-342-6794 Pacific Time. And my email is Jeff. J-E-F-F at Jeff Murray real estate.com. Great. And Murray is M-U-R-R-A-Y, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Thanks guys. So definitely get in touch with Jeff if you'd like to learn um, how you two can work together. Sounds good, Holly. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.